Good news. Your rate is increasing. You've tuned into the Art of Money and Communication podcast. My name is Joshua, and this is the place where you can come on Wednesdays to hear inspiring financial stories from everyday normal people just like you and just like me. Well, it's a solo episode today, and actually, I did attempt a a couple episode yesterday. Arena and myself sat down, and we tried four or five times to record a podcast Attempt number one, we got half an hour into the into the recording, realizing that the microphone wasn't plugged in very well, and then the the, the rest of the attempts, well, we had to ditch them because they just we lost the flow, so to say. So I'm back now, and I was scribbling down some some ideas of, of what I could discuss, and something that's changed in the last few months in the in the personal finance world, certainly since last year, is now the the talk about savings accounts. I'm seeing a lot on personal finance Facebook and and Reddit forums about the latest rates. And the rates are changing every day, every month, and there's always a new account to be looking at to to lock your money into or to or to pay your money into. But I wanted to discuss t- today whether saving accounts are actually a a distraction, or which part should they truly play in our financial life? So why do I use a a savings account or an account that pays a certain amount of of interest, for example? Well, quite frankly, it's it's a no-brainer, isn't it? So I was speaking to a family member last week that had a considerable amount of money in cash in a bank account that was paying no money at all. And just to, to switch that to to another account was a very wise idea because you go from getting zero interest to having perhaps three or four percent, whatever it may be. So that's a, a no-brainer for me. I'm a, a fan of the rate that Chase pays and I like the fact you can use this account abroad, etc. I have found the, the Chase JP Morgan app to be extremely glitchy, and I, I must say that I am severely missing Starling. Starling app is just so sleek, cool, easy to use, but unfortunately they they just aren't paying the, the rates of, of what other, other people people are. So with the development of of this over the last few months, there has now become a lot of administration when it comes to personal finance. Where should you keep your your liquid cash? How long should you keep it there for? What amount should you keep there? Etc, etc. Since this is a podcast, let me log into the app right now and get these numbers out just so I can at least sound like I know what I'm talking about. So in my... In my pots, yes, that's right, 3.8%, which isn't the best in the market. There are others there, but I like the fact that in in Chase, I can see all of the different pots in one place and know exactly how much is in each pot. So, for example, I have a tax pot and I like seeing how much I'm contributing towards my next tax bill so that I'm prepared rather than having it in one big lump and not being able to define what what those amounts of money are are, are and all what they're for. And I think it's that financial administration where, well, I'm a personal finance 
interested person. But that's when the administration starts to grind people down. And anything that gets in my way of my, my financial plan, when I start to notice that I'm not really enjoying this experience, it's becoming laborious, that's when the, the red flag should start to wave and, and, and appear. I have a fantastic childhood memory where on a Monday morning I would head down to the local town in my car, get out and head to my local building society, which is the Principality Building Society, and pay in a hard-earned £30. And they put the information into your, back in that day, into your little book. And I just loved being able to see that money tot up every, every week. The, the savings growing a little bit. And I, I felt so, so proud of, of that, of my achievements. One thing that also stays with me, which I was thinking about listening to another podcast this week, was when I was working my first job, which was working for a pizza shop. I was so pleased with how it was all going. And I, I had a really long shift and a long shift, you know, eight, nine hours, and I come back and I'd earned that £35, hard-earned pounds. I can remember saying to my dad, Dad, I've earned £35 today. And his response was, Well, son, that's not very much money, is it, at all? And at the time, I can remember feeling a little bit disheartened. But he was right. wasn't a lot of, lot of money out in the big, wide world back then, and certainly not now. And I think little memories like that encourage you to to keep keep bettering yourself. And whilst you have to recognise the achievements that you have made, it's always good to to keep moving towards the future and bettering your your behaviour. So that's a, a side note. But the the habit of of saving has always been with me ever since that thirty pound a week building society trip. Why do we want to put our money into savings during this time? Well, obviously, one obvious reason is to combat inflation. And in the UK, we're really struggling with with inflation. We're seeing it in, in the shops, and it, it's hitting us pretty hard, and I'm told, from the news at least, harder than in other, other countries. Again, as a recent podcast guest said, said to me, which I really stuck with me, this, this was Michael, who runs the, the Irish Fire podcast, is you want to think about your own personal inflation, the things that you buy, the, the activities that you have each, each week. That's a much more effective way to think about inflation rather than inflation for the, the, whole, the country as a whole, which may not affect your personal circumstances. So inflation is rising around, let's let's call it 10% at the moment. But you're able to put money into an account like, like Chase, a sub-account where you can get 3.8% and withdraw your, your money, freely seal all of your pots. There are other accounts where, for example, you can put your money into the account, but you have to lump it all together. Perhaps it pays a little bit more of a rate. If you want to go and have an even higher rates, you have things like a certain amount of withdrawals each year. Maybe you can only do three withdrawals in a year or you have the 90-day the access counts, etc., etc. But what I've started to, to think about is that when you do the, the sums on the these accounts, 
it's not particularly favorable for, for you as a saver. So the difference, for example, I was speaking with, with Irina about some, some of the savings that, that she had and the difference between locking it away for 90 days versus the account where you can just access the cash whenever you want was in the region about £30. So you have to give 90 days notice in order to get that money or just lose the, the £30 and just always have access to it. Because remember, in my financial plan, I have liquid cash and investment assets. And anything in between those things, I believe, is is just a distraction. And that's why today's episode is entitled, Are Savings Accounts a Distraction? Because I believe that they are a distraction, at least in my personal finance journey. Why are they a distraction? Well, first of all, the administration, as I've just mentioned, the amount of time that I spend totting up the numbers and just checking, oh, should I move it here? Should I move it there? You're getting emails and Facebook messages and things popping up all the time, but the rate's increasing. And also you have accounts where you can hold your money for a whole year now, paying over 6% in, in the UK, which sounds really appealing, doesn't it? Really appealing. 6% sounds great, but that's still 4% below inflation. And what I fear that that may may happen is that all of this financial administration and changes just in, in what's happening is it's a, a distraction to us and our financial plan. Well, I've got an extra £1,000. What should I do with that? And it becomes quite tempting to go, well, I'll put that into the into the fixed accounts for the, for the next year because things are uncertain or I'll put it into Chase or whatever or I'll leave it in cash in my in my current account where it's paying zero practically zero percent rather than really thinking what is my financial plan what are my financial goals how am I going to achieve it pre-pandemic let's say that's an easy way of describing it we the, the options were pretty clear to us. We had low mortgage rates, very, very, very low savings rates. But then we had investing as, as an option. So the, the path towards investing was much more likely for us because the savings rates were, were so poor. Now we're in a place where savings rates are quite appealing. And it, it's tempting, isn't it, to think, well, I'll, I'll go with that that option. I I'm going into, well, from September onwards, a little bit of a quiet period in my singing career. I'm going to have September and October are currently empty, which is always a, a little bit unnerving, unsettling. But it's happened many times before, and I'm sure something will come up. And if it doesn't come up, I'll definitely find some things to get on with. However, you're always thinking as a freelancer about your your cash flow. And so for myself, there was a reluctance to define, I've just got paid from a previous job and I was thinking, what? how can I define this money? What is this money? Should I hold it back? Should I keep it for the, that rainy day or, or for that period that's quiet? Should I put it into a savings account where it's getting a little bit extra and I can call upon it when I need to? Or should I invest the money into the market? And I fell into the trap. I fell into the trap of 
thinking that the savings account might be the right way for me. And I believe that that was, in my personal finance journey, a distraction. The savings rate is below inflation. I have enough liquid cash to call upon if I need it. In emergencies, I have enough liquid cash in my business to keep me afloat. Everything is under control. But it's that quiet period that provokes you to think. It pokes and prods you and exposes your vulnerabilities, let's say. An update on that. I decided to sit down, to look at the numbers, to think carefully and to to work backwards, to think really, really, really realistically, what can I do with this? And I stuck to my financial plan and I paid the money into my ISA. And dear listener, I promised that I would share this with you in a previous episode when it happened. And I, I'm very surprised that it has happened. But as of today, I've maxed my ISA out for the current tax year. So that was my, my goal to achieve. I honestly, honestly, honestly don't know how that's happened. I think I got fortunate and, and lucky in that uh, I I got paid for a, n- a number of jobs uh, that I was waiting for for a, for a long time, just as, as April began, and that, that gave a little bit of disposable cash. But also I've been... I've been aggressive. I've been aggressive in my, in my in my nature, and Arena's been working hard as well of keeping things ticking along. We've been working together as a team to to make that to make that happen. So that's the ISA filled for for this year, and we discuss now as a, as a couple what the what the options are going forward. Perhaps paying some some funds into Arena's account, maybe her LISA or something like that. Who who knows? But that's a that's a bit of a separate topic that there, there let's let's stay stay on form let's talk about some of the downsides of savings accounts so first of all this you will have experienced many times the rates change and that has been working in our favor over the last few months i've had many an email from chase saying that good news your rate is increasing. And I think that's happened three, possibly four times. I hear this all the time on the This Is Money podcast. I enjoy listening to that one on a Saturday morning. And the question is, is this the best rate that's going to come out? When should we lock our savings away for a year? The reality is no one knows. No one knows. So every time those emails come, the push notifications, you're going again. Oh, let me do some sums. It's more financial administration and it's a middle ground that's not helpful. Remember that savings accounts are not ISAs. So ISAs are where you keep your money tax-free. You can pay your your investment funds are, are in your ISA so that the, the investment fund will grow over time and stay tax-free. It's not the case with savings accounts, as far as I'm aware. Mine's, my account certainly isn't tax-free and there are limits to that. So although you will receive the interest, if it goes over a certain amount in the tax year, then you're liable to pay tax on that. So again, it's it's another another piece of an administration that you're going to have to keep keep an eye on, make sure you don't go over the limit, etc., etc. Even though you can find some accounts, like my Chase account for 
three point oh my god my memory can you remember listener whatever it is three point something percent i'm not a members guy you can withdraw as many times as you want but of course you're you're getting a rate that's far far below inflation if you want a higher rate then you've got to jump through more hoops and that means again it's more inflexible 90 days notice six months notice do you really want to be doing that it's tempting when you see rates of four to six percent to to think well my investments aren't giving me that at the moment they might not give me that over the next year so i'll just stick it in a in a savings account but again we can't know who's to say the savings account amount is going to last that long unless you're fixed okay if you're fixed that's fine but it's a tricky one isn't it but again a distraction and i'm just getting fed up with these distractions i want to make my financial plan as automated as possible in fact after filling my my isa today i just took a look through my accounts and i noticed that there was a small amount of money in two different funds so the majority was in one particular accumulation fund and then i had two other funds which were the the life strategy and the s&p 500 not recommendations of what you should do you should do your own research when it comes to your own investing journey but i thought well why have i got these although it's a small amount of money why have i got that in different funds so i've sold them and now everything is in one fund and it's a little bit like that marie kondo whatever her name is <laughs> minimalism out with the old in with the new just make sure that you you have your eyes set on the goal and you make life as easy for yourself as as possible yes it might seem like one other account and it's not much financial administration but don't underestimate how that can create a barrier for you to make wise choices for yourself even for example adding a, a lisa to my and arena's investment portfolio has been one step that's slightly more complicated vanguard don't offer a lisa but hey needs must and sometimes you have to have a little bit of flexibility and i hope that this episode will make you question for yourself what what is the point of having a savings account for you is it a place to hold temporary liquid cash which we all we all need places like that how much cash do you need are you going to put yourself under pressure by locking that money away in a 90-day account or a 60-day account exactly how much cash do you need to survive make sure you've got your emergency fund but also commit to your investing journey if you're ready to to do that pay off your debts of course but stay the right financial course as a certain investing company would would say well i think i've flogged that to death <laughs> and i do have an interview arranged for later this week so hopefully you'll be hearing that on a wednesday sometime soon and yes i'm going to recommend episode 80 entitled the emotional side of money and i was speaking to martha who helps the listeners understand the behavior when it comes to money a really cracking episode and i recommend that you check that one out don't forget there's a whole host of very interesting 
referral codes and promo codes and all that stuff in the show notes for you to check out. Look forward to seeing you on Wednesday sometime soon. Ciao. Please keep in mind that none of the information in this podcast constitutes as financial advice and you should seek your own independent financial advice before making any investment or financial decisions. Ciao.